to buy a book. Should we close the door? Eh. Eh, okay. The door's open, folks. Come on in. Um, <laughs> we always have to say that the water's fine. <laughs> anyway, this is a podcast. Can we talk about YA books from the questionable 1800s to... <laughs> Eighteen hundred to twenty fifteen. What book have either of us read from the eighteen hundred? I don't know, but it could that would be considered YA. I was thinking, well, so that Goodreads YA list—that's very questionable. Yeah, they have Treasure Island on that. So I could feasibly cover a book from the 1800s on this podcast. Okay. Anyway, we're back after a week where I did not die of COVID. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) We were supposed to record this episode last week, but then I had to quarantine. (laughs) And we don't have a setup where we can record separately. Yeah. I could have rented a hotel room. Well, not rented. I could have gotten, like, the free hotel room from the city and recorded in there. Yeah, but that probably just would have been a bad time overall. I think it would have been a great time. Um, anyway, Mary. I'm oh, Ma- I'm Renee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm Mary. <laughs> I'm very excited about this episode because we're reading one of my, well, I guess teenage, preteen favorites, Princess Diaries. Which, the first one is called Princess Diaries. When I first read these, I had, like, they came in a three-in-one. Ooh. You know, like those Like, like Naruto, yeah. yeah. The <laughs> FMA ones I have. Uh, but I have I have the single Princess Ooh. Diaries. <clears throat> Are there only three books in it? Is it just true? There's now 11 books. Good. No. So when I first read it, there were 10. And then she... Wrote a new one like three years ago or something like that. Like not that long wow. ago. That's like about adult Mia's life. Because I think by the end of the ten books, it's she's like graduated high school. I hope so. Because the, the first book only goes from because it's diary format, obviously. Oh yeah. It only spans like two months. Wow. So, they're, yeah, they, it's not like a lot of time passes. So, ten books really does make up four years total. All I all I know about the books, because I've only ever seen the movie, like most people, um, all I know is that going from the movie to the book, it's as jarring as going from Wicked the Musical to Wicked the Book. I don't know if you're... I'm not familiar with either. Oh, Okay. Wicked the musical, I mean, there is angst and stuff, but fun times. Wicked the book starts off with a date rape drug. Oh, great. Yeah, basically, the only (laughs) similarities between Princess Diaries the book and the movie is that the main character is named Mia, and she's the princess of a country called Genovia, and her mom is an artist. That's pretty much where the similarities end. Oh. Because there's some other characters, like, there's still a cat named Fat Louie. He's the same. She's still friends with Lily. Lily is very different in the book. Her grandmother's extremely different. Her dad is alive. Oh my Um, god, I forgot you told me that. So we're just gonna get into it. This is the description from the back. What? A princess? Me? Yeah, right. (laughs) Me at Thermopolis is pretty sure she's nothing worse than being 
there's nothing worse than being a five foot nine flat chested freshman who also happens to be flunking algebra. Is she ever in for a surprise? First, mom announces that she's dating me as algebra teacher. Then dad has to go and reveal that he is the crown prince of Genovia. And guess who still doesn't have a date for the cultural diversity dance? The cultural diversity dance? That's right, folks. You can't cancel the cultural diversity dance. The cultural diversity dance. But But this hurricane. We also did have a hurricane the other day. We did have a hurricane. I was at the U.S. Open, and then the hurricane happened. But thankfully, I got home before shit went and got got too real. Honestly, if I didn't see the post on social media, I would not have realized what happened, despite living here. Yeah, the rain was didn't feel that bad. And then it was actual Armageddon. Going it was on. actually awful. I was actually so scared, because that night, I was like, I should do laundry, because I... Yeah. Only had these two shirts to wear. But then, A, I accidentally took home a third shirt. So it wasn't an issue. But I was also like, well, it's raining, so I just won't go down. But I actually didn't do laundry until today, like five days later. Because I was too scared that the basin was going to be flooded. (laughs) It was fine. Anyway, Princess Diaries. So we're going to start in September. um, And Mia's mom... Has a date with her algebra teacher, Mr. Giannini. Giannini. Uh, Mia hates him because she's bad at math. Um, so he makes her do an after school review session every day so she can like practice foil or whatever. <laughs> Um, also, he asked her mom on a date after their uh, parent-teacher conference, which is just weird time to be asking anyone on a date. Um, I also don't think that they would uh, be too keen on that happening. Yeah, it just seems off but whatever um mia's friend lily uh who we should all know if you saw the movie thinks it's fine that her mom's going on the date um and says that mia should tell her mom that she's uncomfortable but mia refuses because she wants her mom to be happy and she seems excited about the date so she's gonna withhold her feelings on the matter okay uh, mia also has a crush of her own obviously on this guy josh richter but um uh, he's going out with another girl named lana um who I don't remember if the mean girl in the movie is also named Lana, but it's it is Lana. Familiar. Yes, yeah. Um, so he's super popular, but when he's away from Lana and all the other popular kids, he's like totally different and very so cool. So this book version of blonde guy. Yes. Okay. Who I don't remember what his name is. Uh, I don't think I'm he has not, a name. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, at one point, Mia goes. This is at like a much later time, but. There's no other way to bring it up. She goes, suppose Josh Richter starts sexually harassing me, parentheses, I wish. And I don't notice. What? (laughs) She has some very bad takes. Yeah. Like, at another point, she's, like, she's talking about this with this girl who loves, like, um, teen romance novels and whatever. And there's this one where... uh, a girl has amnesia and this guy says that he's her boyfriend but in the end it turns out he's not like he was lying to her and she was like why would anybody be so like if some boy just says that he wants to be your boyfriend like you should just say yes like why would why you be suspicious that sound like, like that? it's actually the plot of an SVU episode <laughs> it probably is there's, there's so many episodes 27 seasons now yeah um but yeah basically mia just She's craving a boy to like her, and she's very insecure. So that's where we're coming from with Mia. 
So anyway, Mia obviously hates Lana. Um, and while thinking about her goes, how come nice people like Princess Diana get killed in car wrecks, but mean people like Lana never do? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Which is just a lot to unpack in that statement. What year did this book come out? This book came out in... Well, obviously after Diana died. So Mia does genuinely love Princess Diana. So it's, I'm guessing she's one of her idols. In 98. 2000. 2000. Ooh, almost yeah. there. So more, more on Princess Diana later. Okay. But yeah, so... Mia would love to see Lana die in a car wreck. Um, anyway, so after school one day, Mia goes to Lily's house. Lily's parents are both psychoanalysts, which really says a lot about Lily, um, generally. Uh, and Lily also has an older brother named Michael, who is also in the movie. Um, yeah, he looks like every member of the Beatles put into one person. Yes, but Michael in the book is also very different from Michael in the movie. They take, like, one small thing about him and make that, like, his whole thing. Like, in the movie, he, like, works for a car mechanic and is in a band. Yes. Um, so in the book, he writes... He has an online um, magazine called Crackhead, (laughs) and he's, like, in the computer club, and at the very end of this book, you find out he plays the guitar. He's not in a band. He's just learning to play the guitar. Oh. So they just took that tiny what bit and were like, I don't know. We're gonna, there's going to be a lot of twists and turns here. So, um... Michael, Mia, and Lily are all in a G&T period together, which Mia's not in because she's gifted and talented. She's in because she's explicitly not and needs more time to practice her math class. Nice. Um, And there's also another kid from Russia called Boris who's in this class, and he's in it because he's a very talented violinist. But they they don't like him, um, and they often try to lock him in the closet because he he plays the violin during this period, and he's too loud. (laughs) Boris. Um, Mia has a budding crush on Michael that she's just, she's not going to realize it until at least the second book. I don't remember Ooh. when. Because um, she's too focused on Josh right now. And um, Michael's nothing like Josh. So therefore she can't like him, right? Obviously. Um, Michael is against organized sports, organized religion. I going to say organized crime. <laughs> well, organized anything. So oh. it could be organized crime as well. Damn. Yeah. Um, he spends most of his time in his room, and Mia goes, I bet he's in there trying to make a bomb. Maybe he'll blow up Albert Einstein High School as a senior prank. Um, so, really, again, a lot of bad takes. I guess this was post-Columbine. Yeah, and so now we can go down um, Lily's list of hottest guys. <clears throat> when was the Unabomber? I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, Lily's list of hottest guys. Number one is Josh Richter. Only drawback about him is that he has the bad taste to date Lana. Number two is Boris, that Russian kid. Um, Just because he played his stupid violin at Carnegie Hall when he was 12 does not make him hot. And he also tucks his school sweater into his pants, which for some reason is, like, horrifying to everybody that he might tuck a sweater into pants. Scandal. Number three is Pierce Brosnan. Which Lily thinks is the best James Bond, but Mia disagrees. Number four is Daniel Day-Lewis, specifically in Last of the Mohicans. Uh, Number five is Prince William. Uh, 
Uh, number six is Leonardo, specifically in Titanic. Da Vinci? DiCaprio. Da Vinci. Da Vinci. Uh, number seven is Mr. Wheaton, the crew coach, like, from their school. Oh. Uh, who we know nothing about. Uh, eight is that guy in the jeans ad on the giant billboard in Times Square. Nobody knows who he is. Uh, number nine is okay. Dr. Quinn, medicine woman's boyfriend. I don't understand this reference. And then number 10 is Joshua Bell, the violinist, who I think I knew. Wait, sorry. Dr. Quinn. Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. Dr. Quinn, medicine woman is an American Western drama. Oh my God. It looks like Anna Green Gables. Um, Sorry. What? Who? Her boyfriend. Boyfriend. Cast. I'm guessing it's... Byron Sully. Uh, Byron Sully. Uh, yes, Joshua Bell. I remember him. Beck, for those who don't know, I also played the violin as a child and was made to listen to many recordings. Uh, yes, and you know what? He's got a vibe. That's, he's got a vibe. He's got a good He's vibe. got that early 2000s heartthrob vibe. He does. Moving on. So it's now Friday, and Mia's dad calls. Um, so again, first major difference in the book is that he's alive, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and she spends a lot of time with him. Like, she spends summers with him and her grandmother. Uh, anyway, so he calls, and he asks for her mom, um, who's on her day with the algebra teacher. So Mia lies and tells him that she's at her art studio. And Mia feels weird about the lie because her parents haven't been together since even before she was born. Um, they were never married. And her dad knows that her mom dates and he dates himself. So she's like, I don't yeah. know why I lied about it. But she just feels weird about the date happening in general, especially because during her review session with Mr. Giannini that afternoon, he goes, I hope you don't feel uncomfortable about my seeing your mother socially, which she misheard as sexually. And it just was very awkward. Um, okay. Anyway, her dad sounded weird on the phone, but he always sounds kind of weird because it like transatlantic phone calls at that time. Yeah, had that like oceany kind of flair to them. <laughs> um, and it's also weird that he wanted to talk to her mom because he usually just talks to her. So she thinks maybe something happened to grandma. 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 Um, and then she has this crisis about how she's still flat-chested at 14 and is now the tallest girl in her class. Which, if she's 5'9 and the tallest girl in her class, I find that hard to believe. Because I was definitely taller than 5'9 when I was 14. Um, I was uh, this height when I was 14. Yeah. No, I was this height when I was... I'm, I was six feet tall at 14. Yeah, so I was uh, just uh, popping under 5'2". So, I highly doubt she's actually the tallest girl. But maybe she just goes to a really small school. I don't know. Oh, God, the cats. The next morning, Mia's mom gets up before her, which is really rare. Um, And Mia says this is because she's been depressed since her last boyfriend turned out to be a Republican. Oh, background check. Anyone you date. (laughs) This is before social media. There was no way she could have known. No, you've always been able to do a background check. (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, her mom's super happy that morning and even made breakfast, even a vegetarian breakfast, which is, like, huge, because Mia's a vegetarian. Um, so obviously the date really, really well. 
Um, Mia, this is Saturday, so Mia has to go help Lily film her cable access TV show. Lily tells oh, it like so it is. That's, so that's, that's still same. happening, yeah. but the show is very different. Okay. So this episode um, is Blair Witch themed, uh, which they've named. Mm, don't get too interested. Oh no! <laughs> They're calling it the Green Witch Project, wherein Lily and Mia are going to stand around Washington Square Park and asks and like wait for tourists to ask them where to find Green Witch Village because people don't know how to pronounce Greenwich Village. And then, so when they ask that, they're going to run off in terror. And then at the end, all that's left is just going to be a pile of Metro cards. <laughs> and then, and I Molly's like, this is going like to be a big, that... no one's ever going to think about Metro card the same way. You know, that would be a, uh, a piece done by Fordham Theater Kids. Yeah, it also gives off very, like, early YouTube vibes. Yes. You know? Like that, uh, whoever, that, the, like, going to Best Buy in blue shirts. Yes. That kind of vibe. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. it's for funsies. <clears throat> Um, Mia's dad calls again on Sunday and this time her mom really is at her studio um, and he he still sounds weird so Mia asks if grandma died and her dad is like no like why would you think that and she's like you sound weird he's like I don't sound weird and then she starts talking about Iceland because um, she's studying it in her like world geography class or whatever and she's like I really want to live there someday and especially because she hates living in Manhattan because sometimes people spit on you for no reason which I'm like that's valid <laughs> <laughs> um, her dad's <laughs> concrete jungle where people spit on you. Um, her dad's not that impressed by Iceland, which is probably because the country he lives in is so great. So, to Mia's knowledge, her dad is a politician in Genovia. Um, which Genovia's number one import is tourists. Um, its tourist income is right up there with Disney. So they're doing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, people in Genovia don't pay taxes. Um, Genovia is also technically a principality, like Monaco. And according to Mia's dad, they have a lot of cousins in Monaco. Um, it's also located between France and Italy. Where? What's next to France? I don't remember. In what direction? Switzerland, Portugal? To the right. Germany. Germany. The ocean. No. Oh, land. Oh. <laughs> That's Weiss. I thought you said Weiss. <laughs> What's a map of Europe? Ger- it's either Germany or Switzerland. I, just, I, I think you have to go through Switzerland to get to no, Italy. No, Italy. No. 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 It's, it, France borders Belgium, Germany, Switzerland, and Italy. It does? Yes. It's north of Monaco, which is also near Italy. Europe map. Yeah. Switzerland is not that large. I know. I thought it just blocked off the route between the two. No. Oh, it does. Yeah, it's between between France and Italy. Anyway, so um, that's just some general facts about Genovia. Um, no taxes, huh? No taxes, no property taxes, no sales tax or income tax. I don't know about sales tax, but no income how tax. It, how does their economy work? I don't know. They don't explain. There's corruption. But oh, people don't pay taxes. Anyway. Um, uh, fact, I'm really hung up on this because, like, oh, 
what is the poverty? Like, what is... What, do they have social services of sort? Like, the government... I don't do know. Things? I think maybe you learn more about this stuff later, but it's not in this book. Like, is there a public school? Well, Who you, improves the roads? Well, so... Later on, we will learn that they have one of the highest literacy rates in Europe. How does the royal family get paid? I don't know. Let's just move on from that till later. Mary. No, don't. No, no, no. Renee, now is not the time. Ah! It is not the time. (laughs) We have other shit to get through before we get to the politics of Genovia. That's later. Economy. No. Genovia. I thought I was typing genocide. (laughs) That's not even the most wild part of this book. Please continue. (laughs) So on Monday, uh, Mr. Giannini embarrasses Mia in front of the class by suggesting that she go out for the lead in the school musical, which this year is My Fair Lady. Um, And this is ridiculous because Mia doesn't sing or act. And also auditions have already happened and the lead was already cast as some senior girl. Um, Lily is also the house manager of this production, which according to Mia just means she turns the lights on and off at intermission. No. Oh, like flashes them. Yeah, I thought even like runs the light board. I was like, that's not what she does. But just she says turns on and off at intermission. That's all. Uh yeah all right she's only a freshman so the next day mia's mom goes up to her and all ominously says i need to talk to you mary we gotta do a whole podcast of the economy of this place it doesn't make sense renee just move on (laughs) they have an army but how do they fund their army they have a national guard they don't have a navy or an air force but how do they fund the national guard is all volunteer is it a privately owned National Guard? We don't have time for this. Okay. Well, my food's almost here. Okay. Please hold. I'm pausing. Where were we? You were stuck on the general. I know. I was really stuck on the economy, <laughs> so I can't say where we actually were. All right. Well, I'm happier now because I'm full of kimchi dumplings. <laughs> well... The next day, uh, mom goes up. Her mom goes up to her and is like all ominous, like I need to talk to you. And Mia is immediately worried that something happened to her cat, Fat Louie. Not Fat Louie. <laughs> like that time he ate a whole sock and needed to have it surgically removed. Oh God, no! That's a possibility. Which is totally something he would do. <laughs> oh my God, our cat's insane. <laughs> he literally just tried to eat an actual toy like seconds ago. <laughs> He one time broke into a bag of dehydrated food and then he had to drink some ton of water. Ugh. Anyway, so Mia's mom tells her that her dad just found out that he can't have any more kids as a result of his testicular cancer. Um, her dad is otherwise fine health-wise, uh, but is very bummed he can't have another child. Um, Mia's confused because he already has her, and he's so busy running Genovia, and he also, like, always has a new girl friend every week, like, and major, wow. major commitment issues. <laughs> um, and, like, he and her mom never even got married, even though her mom was pregnant. Um, and her mom says that at the time, um, she rejected the bourgeois mores of society uh, as the reason for why they didn't get married. 
Anyway, uh, her dad is flying to New York the next day to discuss, and Mia tries to get more info, but her mom just says that she'll have to hear it from her dad. So her dad arrives, and he's staying at the plaza as usual. Um, Mia hates the plaza because the last time he stayed there, they wouldn't let her in to see him because she was wearing shorts. And she eventually got in because her dad spoke to the concierge, and everyone was, like, suddenly very nice and gave her a basket of fruit and chocolate as a sorry. Because she was wearing shorts. Because she was wearing shorts, yes, at the plaza. Rich people don't wear shorts? Apparently not. Apparently, there's a very strict dress code. Um, I've seen Eloise. Well, that sh- she brings up Eloise later for a different incident. Um, Mia tells Lily about her dad not being able to have any more kids, and she says that it's very telling about his unresolved issues with his parents, and Mia's like, yeah, Grandmare's a bitch. Uh, <laughs> Lily's never met Grandmare because uh, she won't allow Lily to come with Mia to Miranyak, which is their fancy French villa right on the border of France and Genovia. And uh, Grandmare says that young people give her migraines. I mean, she's Pretty, uh, pretty right. Um, so the concerns about her dad not being able to have kids stem from the fact that he's a prince, which Mia never knew. Uh, even though she's been to Genovia and she even did a fact sheet on Genovia and didn't figure it out. Oh! Um, despite writing down that the family, like, royal family's name is Ronaldo, which is another thing that really bothers me about the movie and the book. The family name is Ronaldo, but they just randomly change it to Rinaldi in the movie. And I just don't know why they did that. Why? It really bothers um, me. I, <clears throat> I don't know. It just, like, it's such a small thing, but it really just gets me every time. So anyway, the royal family's name is Ronaldo, and her dad's name is Philippe Ronaldo, but the prince's name was written as Artur Christophe Philippe Gerard Grimaldi Ronaldo. Um, and the photo of him was also super old, because um, he had hair, and he's been bald ever since Mia was born. So she didn't recognize him in this photo. Oh, so he takes after the, uh, the, the hair is, like, the, the British royal family. Ah, uh, yes. Goes real south real quick. Yeah. Um, um, we're going to get taken down by the British family, aren't we? Yeah. Anyway, um, he so he's telling her all of this while at tea at the Palm Court at the plaza, and she starts to make a scene. Um, it started before they even met up uh, when she again had issues with the doorman because she was an unaccompanied minor. Um, and she was like, this doesn't even make sense. I've seen Eloise at the plaza and she was supposed to live there. Yep. Uh, but then they let her in when she said her father's name, which she now realizes is because even they knew he was a prince and she didn't. Um, she also gets the hiccups while drinking tea. And while he's trying to explain everything, she keeps having these loud, embarrassing hiccups. Um, so that's, what happens at the scene with the... Some there's like some calamities when she has this this scene with in the movie with the grandma. Oh yeah, she thinks she also like gets hiccups or like starts choking on her tea or something. It's similar. 
her dad says that her mother never wanted her to know, and he agreed because he had a, quote, unsatisfactory childhood, uh, which Mia isn't surprised by because of how her grandmother is. And they agreed that a palace wasn't a good place to raise a child, although at the time he didn't know that she would be raised in a bohemian artist's loft in Greenwich Village, but that's besides the point. Um, anyway, he intended always to meet another woman, marry her, and have another child, which would mean that she would never have to get involved. But now that he can't have any more kids, Mia is heir to the throne. So after all this, she goes to the restroom, and her dad gives her $5 for the restroom attendant, which she decides to pocket because her allowance is only $10 a week. Um... And she starts putting things together uh, while in the restroom, like how whenever she went shopping with her grandmother in Genovia, all the stores were closed. And that while they were at Mjörgnjök, they would never go out to eat. Um, and most people have never even heard of Genovia. Uh, nobody famous has ever like come from Genovia or like invented something notable or whatever. Um, That's just so funny to think of from like where it's located. Yeah. Well, I was like, like it a lot would of- get tied up in so much shit throughout world history. Well, that's what she, she says. A lot of Genovians fought in World War II, like her grandfather. But other than that, they're not really known for much. Yeah. But I'm like, they're a lot of like people know about Monaco, yeah. but I guess I don't know much details about Monaco. Like, I couldn't tell you who the queen of Monaco is. Is, is there a queen? It's a principality. Right. Mm. Um... It's mainly known for its beautiful weather and scenery and its palace being a set for the movie about the Three Musketeers, a fictional movie, you, I am have to assume. Yeah. Um, she says she's even driven by the palace with her grandmother, um, but her grandmother never mentioned that, she, you know, like, it's her house that she lives in. <laughs> uh, so, when she also, <laughs> earlier when her dad was like, or no, this, this comes up later, but her dad makes a mention of, like, um, being disciplined and, like, having to be locked in a scary room. And she's like, now that I know he's a prince, it was probably the dungeon. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, when Mia leaves the restroom, she decides to give the uh, bathroom attendant a dollar anyway, because she can afford it now. She's a princess. Mia <laughs> um, decides not to tell anybody about this Genovia business, even Lily, because Lily just would not understand. So she goes back to the table and her dad's on the phone with her mom and he asks if Mia wants her to come and help explain things. And Mia declines because her mom has to finish that mixed media piece for the Kelly Tate gallery or whatever. And her mom is annoyed because she hates when Mia reminds her of her deadlines because she likes to work when the muses move her. Oh my God. Which is fine because her dad pays most of their bills. Um, anyway... Her dad tells her that her name is actually Amelia Mignonette Grimaldi Thermopolis Ronaldo, Princess of Genovia, which that is the same name in the movie, except for Rinaldi. I, this is the hill I will die on. I just don't get it. Um, and so Mia <laughs> starts crying. <laughs> Wait, also, the movie takes place in San Francisco. Yes, the movie takes right? place in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Yes. I, was like, I, remember, I forgot to mention that at the beginning. I was beginning. like, I don't know what giant hill there is in Manhattan. No, it's it takes place in yeah. San Francisco. Again, I don't know why they chose... They changed the setting. But it makes more sense for it to be in New York. I don't know. It just does. Yeah. 
So anyway, she's crying now, um, and she tells her dad that she refuses to move to to Genovia, and, like, why should she come live with him if he's lied to her all her life, which, like, fair. Um, And then she runs out, and she doesn't know where to go, because normally she would go to Lily's house, but since Lily is vehemently opposed to any form of government that is not by the people, um, exercised directly or through elected representatives... um, she, this is part of why she would not understand. I mean, I'm really, I'm, I'm really questioning the government of this country. I don't think it's a good place. I think it's very corrupt. Well, I, I really don't remember. Um, Mia generally agrees with Lily on this, um, especially on Lily's thoughts on Prince Charles because he treated. Diana like dirt um, but she says her dad doesn't like him he plays polo but he would never dream of subjecting anyone to taxation without representation um, and even so Mia's sure that the fact that the people of Genovia don't pay taxes wasn't going to make a difference to Lily so Mia ends up at the Central Park Zoo which she says she likes better than the Bronx Zoo because it's smaller and cozier and the animals are friendlier I don't know I, I don't know I don't think anything is better in Manhattan than one of the other boroughs when it comes to that. Yeah. Anyway, she spent some time there, and when she finally gets home, her dad is there with her mom, and they lecture her about disappearing on them, which is, like, a whole new experience for her, because she never sees her parents in the same room. And then her mom tries to feed her ramen for dinner, which she won't eat because it's beef flavor. And then her dad offers to send his driver to Nobu to pick up some blackened sea bass. Nobu! (laughs) It's really been around that long. Yeah. Wow. Um, But Mia just goes to bed. She is fuck. So the next morning, Mia wakes up and her dad is in the kitchen wearing a suit and reading the paper. And she's like, why the fuck is he in a suit at 7 a.m.? But he's a prince, so what else is he gonna wear? Um, her mom Obvious. joins. <laughs> her mom joins them, and while they're eating breakfast, they try to discuss how things are gonna go from now on. And her mom's like, "Most girls would be like thrilled to find out their dad is a prince. Just think of all the nice things you can have in Genovia, like a car or a horse." <laughs> and that just makes me more hurt because it sounds like her mom wants her to go to Genovia, which isn't true. And Mia says that the best thing for her is to stay in New York and finish high school there. And then she's going to join Greenpeace and save the whales. And her dad is... Save the whales. Her dad is vehemently against the idea and says that she needs to go to a good college like Vassar or Sarah Lawrence. Um, Wow. He's really going with the... Uh, the women's college route. Yeah, he says Vassar, maybe Sarah Lawrence. Oh. So Mia has to leave for school and her dad makes this weird French noise he makes sometimes that's halfway between a snort and a sigh. I do not even know how to try to replicate halfway this. Halfway between <laughs> a snort and a sigh. Yes. I don't think... I mean, the French do make some very strange noises. Yeah, I think only French people would even... That's it. So he makes his driver Lars. This is another thing. Lars? Joe doesn't exist. Is this, is this a Norwegian driver? Apparently he's from Israel. Oh. But there is a Hans that comes in later. <laughs> he at least trained with the Israeli army. So there's that. <laughs> he could be Norwegian. Um, so yeah, there's no Joe. 
That character just doesn't exist. We have Lars instead, who's not at all like Joe. Oh, that's upsetting. Yeah, so... Lars drives Mia to school and they even pick up Lily on the way and um, Mia also figures out that all of her dad's drivers are actually bodyguards Um, and this sets her on a spiral about how there's only one other girl who gets dropped off at her school Um, it's Tina Hakim Baba who is the daughter of like a Saudi oil CEO and everyone makes fun of her because her parents are worried she'll get kidnapped somewhere between 75th and Madison where their school is and 75th and 5th where she lives so she literally gets driven one block to school. Oh, wow. And she's followed around at school by her bodyguard. That's amazing. Um, so Mia tells Lily that her dad is in town and just like wants her to use his driver. And Lily can tell something is up, obviously. Yeah. Because um, Mia's just in this weird mood and she won't say why. And Lily's getting suspicious. And then Mia's like, you know, it's just like my dad. And so Lily's like, oh, your dad just needs to get over the infertility thing and self-actualize. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So Mia skips her after school review session that afternoon to go to Lily's. And she calls her mom and asks if it's okay for her to stay the night there. But her mom wants her to come home so they can like discuss things to the family. And um, Mia's like, I need to stay because Lily's really concerned about her stalker. So <laughs> ever since Lily started her cable access show, she said this guy Norman calling in asking her to take off her shoes. And he keeps sending stuff um, to help with the show, like CDs and stuffed animals and whatever. And he says that he'll send more if Lily will take her shoes off on air. Um, so oh. then one day Lily took her shoes off under a blanket and like was like kicking her feet around under the blanket to like taunt him, which made him really mad. So then he started wandering around the, the Greenwich Village looking for her because everyone knows that she lives in the village um, because they did an episode where Lily borrowed a pricing gun from this grocery store and stood on the corner of Bleecker and LaGuardia and told all the European tourists they could get a free latte from Dean and DeLuca if they wore a price sticker on their forehead. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, anyway, one day Norman found them in the village and started chasing them around with a $20 bill, trying to get them to take off their shoes, which Mia says was very hilarious and not scary because they just found some policemen. And um, That's so pretty. <laughs> you should be scared in that situation. You should be terrified. This guy has stalked yeah. you. It's he knows, clearly yeah. into feet. Yes. So the policeman swarmed him or whatever. So Lily wants to dedicate her next episode to her feet by modeling every pair of shoes she owns, but never once showing her bare feet in the hopes that it will drive Norman to do something even weirder. Like, no, this is going to drive him to kill <laughs> This you. is an exact quote. To do something even weirder, like get a gun and shoot at them. <laughs> I, Mary. I don't want to kill this when I just do not remember this book being so unhinged (laughs) what yeah and so her mom Mia's mom because she's still on the phone with her is like okay like it's great that you like want to help your friend through this tough time with her stalker but like you have really pressing responsibilities at home and then Mia just hangs up on her so they go to Lily's house and Mia's like, I don't know why I always enjoy myself at the Moscovitz household, but 
Like, because we have better movie channels at home, and she has better people to spy on through the windows at, at her house. Um, like Ronnie, who used to be a Ronald, but is now Ronette, and who has a lot of fancy parties. And that skinny German couple who wear black all the time and never pull down their blinds. Oh, that has implications. <laughs> yeah. So the Moskovitzes, they have a housekeeper named Maya who loves Mia and always makes her vegetarian food, which she appreciates. Um, the doctors Moskovitz um, are out of the house that evening to attend a benefit for the homosexual children of Holocaust survivors. A very niche benefit. Yeah. Um, eventually Mia's dad calls and he's upset because he'd been trying to call for hours, but Michael had been on the computer working on his magazine. Um, and this is the days of dial up. So his dad, yes. her dad couldn't get through. Um, so when Michael tells Mia that her dad's on the phone, she just looks so upset that Michael lies and tells her dad that she and Lily already went to bed. And then he brings his dog named Pavlov. Um, nice. And they all, they all hang out. And then they start talking about crushes, which eventually leads to Josh. And Michael asks if Mia would ever put out for him. And Mia says that she would only put out for a boy if, one, they'd been dating for at least a year. Two, he pledged his undying love to her. And three, he took her to see Beauty and Beast, Beauty and the Beast on Broadway and didn't make fun of it. Oh. Beauty and the Beast is her favorite musical. And she's seen it several times with her father. I... Don't I can't say I know that it was like any great things about it. It's just like a very standard movie to stage yeah. adaptation. Um, it's apparently just very cringy because it's like for children. Because Michael's like, no guy would like you're gonna be a virgin forever because no guy would ever go see Beauty and the Beast without projectile vomiting. Oh God, no. On her way home the next day, Mia starts to get concerned about how her parents will react, especially her dad, because he's so rigid in the discipline department, because Grandmary used to punish him, like I said earlier, by locking him in this scary room in their house, which she figures must have been the dungeon. Also gave me Yuki vibes. Oh my god. Oh, Yuki. Um... Anyway, whenever her dad gets mad at her, he gets, like, really mad. Um, And there was this time she refused to go to church with Grandmere because she refused to pray to a god who allows rainforests to be destroyed in order to have more farmland for more cows to make more quarter pounders or whatever. Okay. And he said that if she didn't go, he wouldn't let her read Michael's uh, webzine again and then crushed her modem with a magnum of champagne. So little bit of a reaction there. Um, Mia tried to stay at the Moskowitzes as long as possible, but in the end, Lily's parents found out about her plan to dedicate the episode they were going to film that day to her foot fetishist stalker uh, and sent Mia home so that they could discuss this as a family. (laughs) (laughs) Which they are both psychoanalysts, so... Honey, you need to stop provoking. (laughs) Stop provoking your dangerous... Grown man stalker. <laughs> predator. <laughs> on, t- on television. Who knows where you live? Anyway. <laughs> so, um, anyway, Mia's like, okay, so my parents do get mad. Like, you know, I'm generally a good daughter. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I haven't given birth to at any proms. <laughs> oh, wait, there's a reference to the prom baby. <laughs> Finally! You know how much I talk about the prom baby! I know, I was 
Mary's gonna love this one. Oh, prom baby. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, but um, in the end, her parents aren't mad. Um, they just needed to discuss, and they end up writing up this um, agreement, uh, which reads as this. I, the undersigned, Artur Christophe Philippe Gerard Grimaldi Ronaldo, agree that my sole offspring and heir, Amelia Minia Grimaldi Thermopolis Ronaldo, may finish out her high school tenure at Albert Einstein School for Boys, made co-educational circa 1975, without interruption save for Christmas and summer breaks, which she, which she will spend without complaint in the country of Genovia. And then Mia's side is that she basically agrees to fulfill the duties of heir to her father and that and all that such role entails, including but not exclusive to assuming the throne upon the latter's demise and attending functions of state at which the presence of said heir is deemed essential, which she's happy with these terms because it means she doesn't have to spend summers at Miranyak anymore with her grandmother. Yeah. Um, so... But she's also like, I don't know how I'm going to do all this. Like, I don't even know how to put on lip liner. And her dad's like, don't worry. Like, your grandmother will take care of that. And Mia's like, grandmother's in France. Like, what is she going to do? So. Lip liner, huh? Lip liner. (laughs) Uh, That night, Mia's mom has another day with Mr. Giannini. And she, like, mentions, like, maybe she'll stay home. But Mia's like, no, you need to get out of this house. So she sends her off and she spends the night alone with her dad eating takeout Italian and hanging out with Fat Louie, even though her dad claims to be allergic. Um, her dad does make Lars frisk the delivery man, though, so she gives him an extra tip. Wow. Um, Mia tries to call Lily, but it doesn't go through again. Um, the Moscovitzes want another line, but since all the 212 numbers are taken, they refuse to get another line because it's dumb to have two different area codes in the same home, which is fair. But I'm also like, I know places that have a 212, and I'm like, how long have they had that number? So, whatever. Um, anyway. Mia gets in trouble for skipping her meeting with Mr. Giannini because he told her mom during their date the previous night. Um, He also told her mom that if she doesn't pass, she'll have to do summer school. And she's like, how am I supposed to do summer school if I'm in Genovia? And her dad's like, you can do summer school in Genovia. And she's horrified by that prospect. Um, And she also, like, makes a note about how she's like, metric is so over. And I'm like, what does that have to do with anything we're discussing anyway? Also, what is the official language of Genovia? I think it's French. Okay. Because her grandmother only talks to her in French. Um, Monday rolls around and Lily wants to know how much longer her dad will be in town because she hates being driven to school. Uh, Mia, on the other hand, is exhausted because she's been up all night trying to wash her shoes because she was going to cheat on her upcoming math test by writing quadratic formula on her shoe. Which, no, not the quadratic formula again. <laughs> not that again. Um, but then she felt guilty about it, so she tried to, like, rub it off. In the end, she couldn't get it out, uh, but it doesn't really help her anyway. Um... On Wednesday, Mia finds out that Grandma is in town and is staying at the plaza, and Mia is horrified. Um, she goes on about how horrifying Grandma is first thing in the morning because she wears these lace negligees um, oh. and has tattooed eyeliner. 
So she's just not fun to look at in the morning, which I don't know what that has to do with anything. Okay. Because she's not seeing her in the morning. Okay. <clears throat> um, Mia just hopes that she doesn't come to the village and try to see the loft because she'll just hate it. Um, there's people of the same sex holding hands in their neighborhood all the time. And Grandmere hates seeing people of the opposite sex holding hands. Um, she also doesn't well, even like... Well, maybe she'll enjoy it if it's... <laughs> Same gender. Maybe. Um, she also doesn't like pierced ears, which like just doesn't make sense. No. Um, also, Grandmare smokes a lot, even in bed, um, which is why her grandfather had disposable oxygen masks installed everywhere in Mironyak and even had a tunnel dug so they could escape if she fell asleep while smoking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is upsetting because no. smoking in restaurants is illegal in New York. Um, so she'll hate that. Yeah. Grandmare also hates cats because she believes they jump on children when they're sleeping on purpose to try to steal their breath. I believe it. So anyway, she's in town to give me a princess lessons. Obviously. So she goes to meet with her. Um, Grandmare also only wears purple, which Lily says is a trait of people with borderline personality disorder because it has to do with delusions of grandeur. And Mia's like, well, maybe... It, well, yes, first of all, that is true. But also, it's not really delusional if you are a, a princess. If you are <laughs> the queen. Well, she's the dowager princess. She's not a queen. Oh, right. Technicalities. Yes. Um, Grandmare notices the weird writing, like the scribblings of the quadratic formula on Mia's shoe immediately and calls her out on it and then demands a kiss on the cheek because that's how you greet people in Genovia. Two, both cheeks. Yes, the French way. <clears throat> yes. Um, so Grandmare, like I said, demands that they only speak French when they're together. And Mia tries to argue her way out of princess lessons, but obviously gets nowhere. Um, she's given homework to bring a list of 10 women she admires most in the world. And then she also must wear nylons, her nice school shoes, style her hair, apply lipstick, and paint her nails before the next lesson. Um, she tries her best, but just ends up looking crazy. Nice. Uh, she runs into Michael on her way to the car after school. And he's like, you have to wear a lipstick and pantyhose to meet your grandmother. And she's like, it's a long story. So when she meets with Grandmère, she says Mia looks like a poulet, which apparently means prostitute in French. Spell that? P-O-U-L-E-T. Isn't that just fucking chicken? Yeah, but I guess it's like a slang term. <laughs> what is what what does a chicken and a prostitute have in common? I don't know. Um she also hates Mia's list of admirable breasts? What? <laughs> they both have breasts. I don't know. I didn't look it up. <laughs> but she she hates Mia's list of admirable women and she says that she should admire real women like Coco Chanel and Princess Grace. Which Oh my god, I don't want to get Princess Grace. Mary is <laughs> Well that and Coco Chanel who was working for the Nazis. <laughs> Um, she also says that Princess Diana was, quote, a twink. <laughs> Roll that back for me. <laughs> Princess Diana was a twink. <laughs> I, I don't know where to begin with this. So just imagine, everyone's like, oh, like, Julie Andrews is so, like, I love her in Princess Diaries. Imagine her saying Princess Diana was a twink. <laughs> I, 
But what? <laughs> yeah. What is with this take? I don't know. Um, so this is um, Mia's... It's, the, it's because she wore bike shorts and a sweatshirt. <laughs> it's that's why. So this is Mia's list of women who she admires the most. Um, number one, Madonna. Because um, she revolutionized the, fa- the fashion world and blah, blah, blah. Number two, Princess Diana. Even though she is dead, Princess Diana is one of my favorite women of all time. Um... She, too, revolutionized the fashion world, um, refusing to wear the ugly old hats that her mother-in-law told her to wear, and instead wore Halston and Bill Blass. Um, Number three is Hillary Clinton. Wow. Uh, Number four is Picabo Street, um, who just, she won some gold medals in skiing. Um, Number four is Leola, or I guess number five is Leola May Harmon. Um... Leola was an Air Force nurse who was in a car accident and the lower part of her face got all mangled. Um, but then, this is a, a movie. Okay, this didn't happen. This is a lifetime movie. Um, but then a plastic surgeon uh, said he could fix her and um, they fall in love or something. Oh, um, that's she admires her for getting into a car accident. Oh, it was based on a true story. Um, Wait, but she admires her for... Oh, yeah, here we go. Um, The surgeon... So, okay. Layola had to endure hours of painful reconstructive surgery during which her husband left her because she didn't have any lips. Oh, my Um, God. (laughs) That's like talking... They're like, how are they supposed to take kids if they have no lips? And then the surgeon said he wouldn't make... He would make her a new pair of lips. Only the Air Force doctors didn't like the fact that he wanted to make them out of skin from Layola's vagina. But he did it anyway. And then I he mean, and Leola got, got married. gotta find lips they got, somewhere. They got married and worked together to help give other accident victims vagina, vagina lips. lips. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So the next is John. Skin is skin. It doesn't matter where the fuck you're getting it from your body. Well, it's like special skin. Anyway. Yeah, but I'm it's like it's all part of her. Like, oh. It was just like he, Fuck her people. husband left her because she didn't have any lips. <laughs> um, so next is Joan of Arc. And then it's Christy. Christy is not really a person. She is the fictional heroine of my favorite book of all time, which is called Christy by Catherine Marshall. So one of the people on her list is not even real. Um, the next one is this lady cop I once saw. <laughs> Give a, a truck driver, a truck driver, a ticket for honking at a woman who was crossing the street because her skirt was kind of short. Um, the next one is Lily, her friend, and then it's her mom. Um, who in this little blurb we find out um, her painting "Women Waiting for Price Check at the Grand Union" won a big national award and sold for one hundred and forty thousand dollars, which only part of which her mom got to keep because fifteen percent went to gallery and half. Of the rest went to taxes. That wouldn't happen in Genovia. There's some shady shit happening. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Genovia is a mistress. Anyway, um, her grandmother tore up this list. I mean, there's a lot going on in that list. Yeah. Anyway, so also, what did what I know? Grace Kelly was very elegant. She was an actress. Was she a like? Was she a humanitarian? All I know is she also died in a car crash and was a princess. I don't know. Okay. I don't know, like, what... Like, I know... I know... I, I know that she was very pretty and I think, I think married a prince. I think that's really all that 
her grammar is about. I do love Dial M for Murder starring Grace Kelly. <laughs> well, anyway. Let's continue. So her grandmother demands that Mia has to come on Saturday. And Mia's like, I can't come on Saturday because I film the show with Lily. <laughs> We're trying to <laughs> drive a man to murder her. Um, well, that we have to move on from that because of her discussion with her parents because this next episode is going to be where she confronts Mr. and Mrs. Ho, the owners of Ho's Deli across the street from their school about their unfair pricing policies. So Lily discovered that the Ho's give Asian students a five cent discount. And Mia doesn't really agree with this whole thing, but Lily wants to start a school-wide boycott on the principle of the thing. She says that, quote, Maybe if people had made a big deal about how the Nazis smashed up Jewish people's store windows on Kristallnacht, they wouldn't have ended up putting so many people in ovens. And Mia's um, like, the hoes aren't exactly Nazis. <laughs> and they're not really doing anything remotely like that. She, Lily is claiming that this is a racist practice. Because they only give this discount to the Asian students. And I'm like... Lily, you are white. <laughs> There's this thing called marginalized communities. Yeah. Which thankfully Mia's like, I this is not not it. Not not this it. Not it. Yeah. So Lily's also pissed that Mia can't make it and says that if she really wanted to get out of spending the day with her grandmother, she could, but she just can't say no to anyone and just like generally throws a fit. Like is oh. totally out of line. Um because Mia just said no to her. Is she in therapy? No, but she should be. She should be, and her parents should know this. Yes. Um, so Saturday comes, and Mia is mortified because her grandmother's plans for the day um, turn out to be a makeover. So she ends up getting a super short haircut like Mia Farrow at Shape Paolo. <laughs> Paolo. Paolo. God, Paolo Yes, which Mia hates. Um, Paolo also gives her highlights and acrylic nails. And this whole time... Were acrylic nails popular back then? Um, not like they are now. Okay, I didn't think so. She she bites her nails, so she doesn't even have oh, nails, so that, that's mostly that's why. That's probably why, yeah. Um, and during this whole thing, Mia's like, what kind of name is Paolo anyway? This is America. Your name is Paul. Which is just like... Oh, that's not a good take. No. <laughs> it's a really bad take. It's a really bad take. Mia. Mia. Mia, you're going to get canceled before you take the throne. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mia, you're... Fr- you're half... Like, your dad is not from this country. Like, would you be like, his name is Philip, not Philippe? No. You call it your grandmother. Grandmother. <laughs> I mean, she demands it. So then Grandmare buys her a bunch of new clothes at Bergdorf and Mia's overwhelmed because this is all interfering with her plan to keep the princess thing a secret. So she goes home and her parents are there and she's like just throwing a fit about how her whole look is different and how this is going to like everyone's going to find out. Her mom's like everyone's going to find out eventually anyway. And then her dad's like no. Pulls out his wallet. (laughs) He's like how much? I can see the compromise is getting us nowhere. The only solution to these matters is cold, hard cash. How much do I have to pay you to let you keep your grandmother? $6,000 a month. I will stop. (laughs) Well, they finally agree that her dad will donate $100 per day in her name to Greenpeace if she continues working with her grandmother. And she's like, whoa, that's $365,000. And then later she's like, wait. (laughs) 
that might only be $36,000. Oh, sweet child. She's not good at math. No. Um, Mia and Lily get into another huge fight over her hair and the nails on Monday. And Mia tries to explain about just how her grandmother is. And Lily won't hear it and calls, basically calls Mia a sheep and is like, you'll just do anything. Wake up, sheeple. Literally. And then Mia finally snaps and tells her to shut up and basically just tells her off for just being a bitch generally. Um, and she was supposed to... stay the night at Lily's house. This is where they have the fight. Um, But she goes home. So then the next morning, um, she accidentally walks in on her mom and Mr. Giannini in the kitchen having breakfast in their underwear, which is just very awkward. Um, Um, I'm pretty sure this teacher should not be in this household of his student. The only reason he was over is because her mom thought she was at Lily's house, but yes. But still... And then her mom, at like that later that morning after he leaves, was like, he slept on the futon. <laughs> like okay. it was just too late for him to go home. Okay, then um, yeah. Why all in your underwear? You sleep like that? <laughs> <laughs> no pajamas, huh? Yeah. So um, Harlot. well, well, uh, <laughs> well, she was she she was I a, say she this was in a I... she was in a robe. Oh, okay. She was in a robe. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so then then there's a list um, of reasons. Mia writes two lists. Reasons she should make up with Lily and reasons she should not. Oh, so these are the list. <laughs> these are the reasons she should make up with Lily. One, we've been friends, best friends since kindergarten. Two, one of us has to be the bigger person and make the first move. Not, not necessarily true. Three, she makes me laugh. Four, who else can I eat lunch with? And five, I miss her. Overall, pretty weak reasons. Yeah. Reasons I should not make up with Lily. One, she's always telling me what to do. A great reason. Two, she thinks she knows everything. Another great reason. Three, Lily is the one who started it, so she should be the one to apologize. Mm, no. Not, you know, not the best. Four, I will never achieve self-actualization if I always back down from my convictions. Wow. What is with this book and self-actualization? And then five, what if I apologize and she still won't talk to me? That This feels like me doing pros and cons for quitting my job. <laughs> oh, that's a mood. <clears throat> um... So later on, Mia talks to Michael via instant messenger um, a few days later and explains the fight with Lily um, and then tells him about seeing Mr. Giannini in his underwear. Um, And then Michael offers to tutor her in algebra during their GNT period, which she is very thankful for. Um, Mia, her dad, and grandmare have dinner together at the plaza, and Mia and grandmare get into it about Mia being a vegetarian, which could cause an international incident if she refuses to eat dishes that she's served. And I'm like... I honestly... (laughs) Anthony Bourdain had the right mindset on everything. Well, her grandmother is like, you have to eat everything you're served or else, like, it'll cause this big thing. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure, like staffs talk to each other and people would be, be made aware she's a vegetarian. It's not like a really uncommon thing. You have to take it into the time period what people treated vegetarianism like. I mean, this late is Late 90s, early 2000s. This is true, but I'm also like... Yeah. Anyway. International incident seems doubtful. Um... They would declare war immediately. The Geneva Convention. <laughs> the Genovia Convention. <laughs> 
<laughs> this place is not about war crimes, I'm telling you. Okay. Um, so on Monday, Lily skips the ride to school, and when Mia arrives, um, she is immediately handed a petition by Boris, um, which is against Hose Deli, and so Mia refuses to sign it. Um, and that day at lunch, Mia decides to sit with Tina, um, who, if you recall, she's the one with the bodyguard. Because yeah. um, she always sits alone with him. And so Tina tells her about the diet her mom has her on, how she wants to lose 20 pounds by the cultural diversity dance, which is um, that coming Saturday. So that feels a little unlikely. Um, yeah. But she does have a date, a boy from another school. Um, and then Lana comes over and just starts antagonizing both of them. And so this is this is a scene that does happen in um, the movie where Mia, like, basically just squishes an ice cream cone on her chest. Yes. Um, and so Mia is sent to the principal's office for the first time. And uh, she gets detention and her father is furious because no one can give his daughter detention for defending the weak and threatens to sue the school. <laughs> so, okay. Um, Mia agrees to pay for the sweater to get fixed, but she refuses to apologize. And then Grandmare is surprisingly supportive when she tells her what happens and alludes to- This is a woman that would love to tear their own down. <gasps> well, she alludes to doing something horrible to this girl, Genevieve, who antagonized her as a youth. <laughs> but she won't tell Mia what it is. And Mia's like, I, she may have just killed her. I think she did. <laughs> And then she gets a test from Grandmare. Would you like to take it? Yes! In a restaurant, what does one do with one's napkin when one rises to go to the powder room? You fold it and place it on the table. Well, I don't have the answer, so I'm just going to tell you what Mia wrote. Oh. Uh, If it's a four-star restaurant, hand it to the waiter who... Oh, wait. Are these... These are the right answers. Oh. If it's a four-star restaurant, hand it to the waiter who rushes over to help you with your chair. If it's a normal place, no waiter rushes over. Leave your napkin on your empty chair. Oh, okay. Um, under what circumstances is it acceptable to apply lipstick in public? No. Never. <laughs> Obviously. What are the characteristics of capitalism? Um. Well, you see, it's when... These corporations have more rights than humans, and they say people are free to choose, and then you're stuck in a miserable life, and then they say, well, if not capitalism, then what? And we say, I don't know, life sucks. I think you mean when the corporations accept your answer because the regular one is boring. What's, please tell me the regular one. Private ownership of the means of production and distribution and the exchange of goods based on the operations of the market. I think I got it. What is, I, I do have a degree in supposedly. What is the appropriate reply to make to a man who says he loves you? See in chemistry. Thank you. You are very kind. <laughs> no, my... Well, fuck, there's that meme that's me. Oh, and it's like the, it's, what is it? It's the, um, someone being like, I like you or I love you. And it's just like, oh, that's a shame. Or, oh, yes. <laughs> Please don't. That's, that note's one that's just like, that's rough for you. Yeah. Um, what did Marx consider to be the contradiction in capitalism? Fuck. 
the the contradiction in capital. There's so many. It's all wrong. The, the, the people weren't. People were manipulating the system. I don't know. It's been a long time since <laughs> I had to study Marx. I <laughs> well, this is what I guess. Well, I guess these are Mia's answers, but she got a ninety-eight. So, the value of any commodity is determined by the amount of labor needed to produce it. In denying workers the value of what they have produced, the capitalists are undermining their own economic system. Oh yeah. Um, white sho- white shoes are unacceptable. <laughs> dot dot dot. Sorry, what shoes are unacceptable? White shoes are unacceptable. Well, it's definitely not anything to do with Labor Day, because Genovia, um, on the grass. Anytime? <laughs> um, at funerals, after Labor Day, before Memorial Day, and anywhere there might be horses. Um, why is this test getting her ready to be Princess of Genovia? Talking about American holidays. She's in America right now. But... What? Describe an oligarchy. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> it's been so long. It's not the one that's like sort of capitalism. It's like it's like a monopoly, but if there were like a few A few right. That's yeah. oh right. Yeah, small group exercises control for generally corrupt purposes. God, that just took me back to to class with Metzger. <laughs> Oh, God. Let's not. Okay, final question. Describe a sidecar. Vroom, vroom. Beep, beep. No. <laughs> one-third lemon juice, one-third Cointreau, one-third brandy shaken well with ice cream before serving. Is that actually a cocktail called a sidecar? Yeah, it's a classic cocktail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so. <laughs> oh man, I really. I don't remember anything from my econ classes. That's what I took from that. I'm supposed to have a degree in it. They, they gave me a diploma. Oh god, don't ask me anything related to economics because I don't remember a fuck. Wow. Alright, so. <laughs> I knew that's what was gonna happen. <laughs> So, on Tuesday, Tina invites Mia over to sleep, um, for a sleepover on Friday as a thanks for defending her against Lana. Um, Mia also finds out that Lily is going with Boris to the dance on Saturday, and then she has a crisis about how she'll never have a boy ask her out. Um, Michael and Mia discuss Lily again, and Mia explains about how Lily was always putting her down, and how Lily's probably just mad that her boycott backfired since it just spread the info around school about how Asian students can get a discount, so even more people are shopping at the Ho's Deli. Um, wow. So, yeah. Uh, Grandmare is thrilled to find out that Mia is becoming friends with Tina because she's also super rich and tells her that she has to bring a gift and wear her Gucci loafers. And the gift is actually going to be breakfast. Um, they're going to order it and have it delivered on Saturday morning. Um, on the next day, on Wednesday, when Mia goes to school, everybody's staring at her. Um, even Josh talks to her, which is astonishing. Um, and then she finds out her picture is on the front cover of the New York Post. Oh, uh, it's always the Post. <laughs> always the Post. Um, when Mr. Giannini was the one who noticed um, and he sent Mia to the principal's office 
to be safe or whatever. Yeah. Um, her dad comes to school and says that she has to stay at school because the royal family of Genovia do not go home when there is a crisis. They stay and slug it out. Um, her dad is also very suspicious of Mr. Giannini and thinks he is possibly the leak. But Mia doesn't think so because the reporter wrote about stuff that even her mom doesn't know about Miranyak. Um, so it's unlikely it's Mr. Giannini, but... Her dad just doesn't like him. Yeah. Um, And Lars now has to follow Mia around everywhere, not just drive her places. Um, Mia is now very popular. Um, Lana tries to get her to sit with her at lunch, but Mia refuses and sits with Tina again. Um, Lars and Tina's bodyguard, Wahim, spend lunch discussing whose gun has more firepower. Um, And it turns out they also have some mutual friends. I love that for them. Um, at G&T, uh, Lily and Mia get into it about how her father is worth over $300 million and how she wonders how much of her father's fortune was amassed by taking advantage of the sweat of the con laborer. And then Michael is like, well, Genovians don't pay taxes. And then he goes off about how Mia's grandfather stood against Mussolini in World War II and how Genovia has the highest literacy rate in Europe, some of the best educational attainment rates, and the lowest infant mortality, inflation, and unemployment rates in the western hemisphere um I'm, I'm calling bullshit on this country they only have 50,000 people in it as well so if that makes anything make more sense and they're predominantly a tourist destination how many employees does Disney World have like 5 million so it all makes sense I don't know <laughs> Um, are we? I, I don't know. Genovia is giving me some bossing say vibes. There are nearly 70,000 cast members throughout the Disney. Oh, resort. I. My mind processed it as Disney company as a whole. So, if we're just basing off of Genovia has a similar income as Disney World, then they're actually. They need more people there just to work. This small country. <laughs> um, I'm just like, so how do they have like that? The, it sounds the closest country I can think of is Singapore, and Singapore has taxes. Well, apparently Monaco doesn't have taxes. How does Monaco work with no tax? Monaco is considered a tax haven because of its child. Monaco, Monaco eliminated taxes on dividends. But okay, hold on. Oh, God, Investopedia. Talk about my economics degree built on the backs of people who write Investopedia articles. Yeah, it's just like Monaco. So if you want to understand the economy of Genovia, we just have to understand the economy. I'm on the economy of Monaco wiki page. Financial secrecy. Straight up, she stole the Wikipedia entry of Monaco. Yeah, that makes sense. The economy in Monaco is relying on tourism and banking. They also have a labor force of 52,000. <laughs> so she literally just lifted Monaco. I was like, we're making a new one. Okay, it has business taxes. So there you go. That's how. And the government has monopolies in a number of sectors. So the gov—it's a the government owns the shit. Yeah. The government is a corporation. And the corporations <laughs> make the regulations. 
Anyway, they, they have the government has a monopoly on the tobacco industry. That's how. That's how I'm making the money. Wow, I told you something was wrong. <laughs> anyway, so Michael's going off about Genovia or whatever, right? And then Lily's like, "I see they already had you spouting off their populist propaganda like a good little girl." And Mia's like, "What? Like that was Michael? Like I didn't even say anything." Ma'am. <laughs> Um, after school, Mia is swarmed by reporters, but is taken to the car by Lars and Mr. Giannini. Um, when she gets home, Mia tries to get her dad to transfer her to another school, but he points out that she wanted to stay at this school at the beginning. And she says that it was before the post outed her and he's confused by this phrasing. And so she has to explain what outing means. (laughs) That's a perfectly fine he doesn't, he, he's never heard this before. No, but I'm saying, like, saying the post outed him. <clears throat> outed it, her. Out, yes. Outed her. That, that still works. Yeah, he doesn't get it. He's like, outed what? And she's like, well, when people of a different sexual orientation are. <laughs> like, she literally has to explain. No, but I'm saying, like, what happened no, to her counts as outing. I know, but he doesn't know what outing means. Oh, okay. Yes. Like the general use, even yes. non-sexual orientation. Yes. Oh, he doesn't know what this. I meant just like the sexual orientation one. No, he doesn't know what the phrasing "outing" as a verb means. That seems weird. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Mia's mom thinks that it was Grandmare who told the press about Mia being a princess, which makes sense. Princess. Um, of Genovia. Uh, when Mia sees her after school, Grandmare doesn't get why she's upset and says that if Mia refuses to work with the press, they'll just keep showing up until they get the story they want. Um... The next day, her story is all over other newspapers, and her mom is pissed because they used her school photo, which means someone at the school leaked it, which looks bad for Mr. Giannini. Um, During school, the reporters are still all around, um, just like on school grounds, trespassing, whatever. So the coach or whatever teacher, Sandra Oh's character, right? She's the principal. Oh, she plays the principal, right. But there's also a coach... There's gym like a, teacher. Oh, yeah, there's a gym teacher, yeah. That isn't in the book. Yeah, but she's, like, a minor character. Well, she's the one that, like, she's doing a lot of what the, the math teacher. Yeah, which is weird because the math teacher character is in the movie, but he doesn't teach math. He, like, teaches something else. Yeah. Because that's when Lily's like, Voltaire. Are we going to talk about hair or Voltaire? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so um, the reporters are still all around, but people at school keep yelling at them. Um, you killed Princess Die. Bring back Princess Die. Oh, um, my and, God. That's amazing. And Lily's pissed because everybody's coming together to be against the press, but not against Ho's Deli, which, like, one is a good cause and one is not. <laughs> um, Lily. Yeah. Support local business. Yeah. Um, Lana sits with Mia and Tina at lunch the next day, and that brings Josh and a bunch of other popular kids. Um, they start discussing the dance and how Josh is having a party after, and Mia should totally come, but she refuses because, well, she says her mom wouldn't let her go, and Lana's like, why would you tell her the truth? And then Mia's like, um... I don't drink because I want to be respectful of my body, not filled with toxins. And Josh is like, I respect that. And Lana's like, excuse me, you drink more than anyone else at the school. And Josh is like, maybe I'll quit. And Lana starts to laugh and then they get into a fight. And so Tina and Mia leave because it gets really awkward. (laughs) 
goodness. <laughs> um, that night, Mia and Grandmara have dinner outside the plaza. And on their way out, Grandmara stops and briefly goes back to her room. And when they arrive at the Four Seasons, there's a ton of press there. And so Mia figures out that Grandmara called at least one reporter. And she's like... Or the grandmother is like, you have to learn how to handle the press, and or you'll die. <laughs> and like um, Diana did, she admits to leaking the story in the first place, and says that it's a great thing because she'll be on the cover of Vogue soon. And Mia's like, I don't want to be on the cover of Vogue. Like, I just I'm trying to live my life. I want to be on American Girl magazine. <laughs> Um, the next day, Lana and Josh break up, and later that day, Josh asks Mia to the dance, and Mia's like, he's on the rebound. He waited a whole 16 hours after breaking up to ask Mia, and part of her knows that he's only asking because she's a princess, but most of her doesn't care. Yeah. They're going to go to Tavern on the Green for dinner before the dance. Oh, fancy. Grandmare is thrilled about the dance and makes an appointment for the next day at Chanel to get something made for her because she has to sparkle. She's a sparkle. She's a sparkle. Like a Nazi. (laughs) Um, Mia spends that that night's Friday at Tina's house and she has a great time. Um, she learns that Tina's mom used to be a model and knew Princess Diana and says that she and Prince Charles slept in separate rooms on their honeymoon. Um, they watch Lily's show about the deli and she says, Lily, this is a quote, racism is a powerful force of evil that all of us must work to combat and that Quote, paying five cents more may not seem like much, but victims of real racism like Armenians and Rwandans and Ugandans and Bosnians would recognize that five cents was only the first step on the road to genocide. Like, Lily was really trying to say that because this small family-owned deli was giving a five-cent discount to their fellow Asian community, that they were mounting... Something that could become genocide against all other races. What the fuck is wrong with this girl? She really is delusional. Yeah. (laughs) Like, genuinely. Oh, my God. Imagine if she was around for COVID. I, uh, like, she really is, like, the stereotype SJW. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, Moving on. So... Back to Mia. Um, her parents don't like that she's going out with a senior. And Mr. Giannini just generally doesn't like Josh. Um, so they're trying to convince her, like, don't go out with him. Don't go to the dance. Blah, blah, blah. But then Grandmare shows up at the loft and um, sends Mia to her room to get her coat. When she comes back, her parents are all quiet. So she did something to convince them that we will never find out what it was to allow her to go. Um, so then they go shopping, get her a dress, whatever, and get her all ready for the dance. Um, Josh shows up 15 minutes late, but he charms her dad, talking about how he's planning to go to an Ivy uh, for business so he can make at least 80K starting off, uh, which her mom hates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they ride in the back seat of Josh's dad's car while Lars drives, um, and they meet up with like ten other people at dinner. Um, and where this is something that doesn't make any sense to me, coming from a restaurant background. Um, okay. So they're eating at Tavern on the Green, right? Mm-hmm. And so Josh orders a bottle of champagne, and they accept his obvious. What Mia says is obviously a fake ID. 
<clears throat> and then they allow everyone else to share the bottles. And I'm like, an establishment like Tavern on the Green would not... You card everyone. That, yes. First of all, you have to card everybody who's at the table if you're a serving bottle? a bottle. Yeah. Unless it's like two parents and obviously a child. Yeah. And they're not going to... A place like Tavern on the Green is not going to accept a fake ID. No. That's just not going to happen. It will not. <laughs> so that just, like... For the most part, like, all the New York stuff makes a lot of sense, like, but I'm like, this woman has obviously not been to Tavern on the Green. Or this happened uh, when she was young. I don't think so. A long time ago. They end up ordering a total of nine bottles of champagne. And filet mignon, which Josh all pays for on his dad's platinum Amex. Um... And Josh also orders a filet mignon for everybody, uh, which Mia obviously doesn't eat. And this is when the, you know, the champagne was like the first major red flag. And then the filet mignon is another red flag for her. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then because she's like, if he really knew me, he would know I'm a vegetarian and wouldn't eat this. So she fills up on salad and bread. Nice. Um... When they finally arrive at the dance, over an hour after it begins, um, Josh is drunk, and there's a ton of press at the school, and he ends up kissing her in front of everybody, which is humiliating, and Mia realizes that he set everything up just so he could be seen with her and hopefully get famous, Um, so she runs off, he follows her, and she's joined by her friends, including Lily, and Mia tells, um, just tells him off and is like... You know, you you set all this up, like, I know what you were doing, and Lily comes to her defense, and he's like, it was only a kiss, how did it end up like this? Oh my god, it was only a kiss. And she's like, it wasn't just a kiss. Um, it was, she's like, it was my first kiss, and now it's on teen people. Um, teen people. That was a thing, back in the day, teen people magazine. That's so stupid. Yeah. Well, because any magazine, there had to be a teen, teen version. Just just stick to Tiger Beat. Yeah. J14. Well, like, except for then there was Cosmo Girl. It wasn't Teen Cosmo. It was Cosmo Girl. Oh. Anyway. <clears throat> um, so after Josh leaves, Lily apologizes to Mia and says that she has borderline authoritarian personality disorder and promises to be a better friend. So they make up. So she is getting some kind of help? Or she I don't know if that's... I, I don't think it's a real thing. <laughs> Oh, I assume she just misspoke. <laughs> no. Okay, she just made up. Authoritarian person. Yeah, I yeah. thought that she just misremembered no, her diagnosis. No, I think she made this up. Okay. Um, so the next day, Mia is in a great mood because she and Lily are friends again. She found out she won't fail algebra and Iran bombed Afghanistan. So there's no coverage of her and Josh. Um. So she's really excited. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Um, other good things that come out of that night. <laughs> um, Lily and Tina became friends, and Tina agrees to be a producer of Lily's show because she gets a $50 weekly allowance that she normally spends on teen romance novels, but she's going to start going to the library now. 
Support um, your libraries. And Mia agrees to have her first TV interview with Lily, only if Lily promises to ask her about her thoughts on the meat industry. She also got to slow dance with Michael, which makes her feel things that she is not prepared to unpack. Oh, God. <laughs> um, she spent the night at Lily's, and Michael shows her that he's been practicing the guitar and even wrote a song. It's about a very pretty tall girl who doesn't know that this boy's in love with her. This is Doyle Girl. <laughs> Um, she loves the song, obviously doesn't pick up on the obvious implications. And she thinks she thinks he'll be as famous as Kanye West someday. Um anyway, the book ends with Grandma getting felt up by a blonde guy on the street at the end. (laughs) (laughs) That happens. So at the very beginning. Um, there's like this well-known guy in her neighborhood that at least pretends to be blind and asks for help so he can like feel up women. Oh. So at the end of the book, like Grandma's in the neighborhood and the guy comes over and Mia's like, hey, don't be fooled by him. And she's like, no, a princess must help people and and then she gets felt up. By wow, what a book. Yep, and so that's the end. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Any thoughts? Um, a product of its time. Yeah. Um, this book would not exist <laughs> if Princess Di hadn't died. Oh, absolutely yeah. not. This is very much a product. That, this was very much someone who spent a lot of time thinking about Princess Di. Yes. Which was a lot of people back then. Yes. Fascinating. Yes. God, don't tell me they got into my phone. I got it. I got it. Her cats. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, she's not just playing with the bags. Aww. With my, my, my ODM gear. Oh, yeah. We got ODM gear now. If you don't know what that means. Mm. Mm. Stop anyway. listening to this post. <laughs> Uh, other thoughts about this book the the way this series had me in a chokehold in eighth grade wow like i read all 10 books one after another knowing that the movie was an unhinged vaguely referencing this unhinged book makes a lot of sense now with what that movie's like yeah, I mean, the fact that this the movie is nothing at all like the book makes a lot of sense when you read the book. <laughs> and, yeah, I can't say one's better than the other. One's definitely not as, like, racist as the other, but I guess that makes it better. Um, I, the movie's okay in my mind. Yeah, the movie's fine. I don't... Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't love the movie. Um, I mean, it was also produced by Disney, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that they had to change. I do feel like it was less interesting with a lot of the changes they made. Like, having her dad be dead is just, like, a cop-out to me. Like, it's more interesting that he's alive. He's, like, a really interesting character. Well, you can see how much they've moved from the dad to the grandma in the movie. Yes. They really combined them all into one. And, well, they eliminated all of the grandmother's bad qualities. Yeah. Because the grandmother is, like, actually insane. I was thinking of the dinner scene with the um, palate cleanser. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> Very random thing to throw into that movie, but that's yes. that's the best part. Yes. And the fact that they just made the Genovian National Anthem. The Canadian <laughs> National Anthem. Like, literally. It is. is Genovia. Valenda, I call my home. Um, yeah, so, I mean, what, any, anything else to add? Um, not really. <laughs> Our cats are going... Our cats... Alright, we're gonna wrap this up, because our cats are going absolutely insane. I don't know what they're getting into. I don't know what into. they're doing out there. Um, follow us on Instagram, Wildlook Podcast. Twitter, Wildlook Podcast. Don't follow us there. We don't do shit. Tweet at us if you want. Um, TikTok, Wildlook. But please email us. Yes. Email us. Podcast at gmail.com. You can get pictures of these crazy cats. I do want to listen. There's a, a Meg Cabot Princess Diaries Yeah, they follow podcast. us. Yeah, I do want to listen to their episode on this first book now that I've reread it. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I should. If you're listening to this, what is that po- Fuck, what is that podcast? Oh, uh, please hold. The Podcast Diaries. It's called The Podcast Diaries. Uh, that might not be the one that follows us on Twitter. Well, I follow them. Please if you're hold. listening to The Podcast Diaries, please I'm going to go listen to your podcast. Please hold. Hi, Cheetan. Please hold. We only have 12 followers. This will be quick. I'm pretty sure it's The Podcast Diaries that follows us. The Cabot Cast. Oh, The Cabot Cast. Oh, there's two of them. Oh, there's one that's... So Cabot Cast is all men Cabot, but the Podcast Diaries... When did these people... Who is the National Treasure Hunt podcast? Oh my god, a podcast about National Treasure movies follows us. <sighs> Nick Cage. I know. Well, because we tweeted about Nick Cage, well, but... Oh, anyway. I gave them a follow back because we love National Treasure. <laughs> If anyone on Cabotcast or the Podcast Diaries wants to collaborate on episode two, whenever I read the second Princess Diaries book, let me know. Anyway, that's yeah, the end. I'm gonna go eat scallion pancakes and then feel sick. All right, bye. Bye.